the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and a good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get our way at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock this this Tuesday morning, the twenty first morning of the fifth month of the year of our Lord twenty nineteen. Happy Kersenau Day to you. I always love Tuesdays because Peter Kersenau is going to drop some knowledge on us starting at about ten o five, ten ten, somewhere in that neighborhood, and he wants to talk about the Equality Act. Yes, we talked about this a little bit ourselves last week, and we're going to talk a little bit more about it today. The Equality Act passed in the, or not the Ohio, rather the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, Democrats unanimously voted for it. They are proclaiming it to be about equality and uh, uh, anti-discrimination or anti-discriminatory policies, particularly against the LGBTQ community. The idea is to add them to the essentially the 1964 Civil Rights Act, giving them the same protections that we once passed for African Americans. Of course, the difference is the 1964 Civil Rights Act literally did help make African Americans equal in the eyes of the law in the United States of America, whereas the 2019 quote-unquote Equality Act takes equality away. It literally makes individuals who are people of faith, it, it costs them their liberty. They are not equal. As a matter of fact, they have to set aside their own religious beliefs, values, and tenets in favor of the LGD, uh, LGBCXRYQW exclamation point hashtag um, mafia. It gives them essentially all of the power. So it's a major problem. Peter Kirsten now, from a legal perspective, is going to be talking about that. He wrote a really, really interesting piece about this on uh, National Review at NRO.com. So we're going to share uh, that some of that with you and then let Pete talk about that with us. I want to start with President Trump. Kind of following my lead that I, not literally, but I mean, just, you know, great minds think alike, I guess. But President Trump, 
last night uh, at his uh, rally in Pennsylvania uh, did the same thing that I did. He questioned what it is Fox News is doing. Does Fox News really need to provide a bigger platform for some of these liberal candidates uh, who are trying to tear down President Trump and tear down the presidency? Do we really need Fox News to follow in the footsteps of MSNBC and CNN and obviously uh, countless numbers of, uh, uh, of mainstream media outlets from print to broadcast journalism? Do we really need Fox to follow up here and add to the problem by giving people like Pete Buttigieg and Bernie Sanders these hour-long town halls with softball questioning and no follow-ups from people like Chris uh, Wallace? Do we really need to do that? I think the president was right to ask. These we questions. would lose our businesses. We would lose everything if we go with the people that you see that are running for office. You saw that last night. I watched Alfred E. Newman. What's going on with Fox, by the way? What's going on there? They're putting more Democrats on than you have Republicans. And something strange is going on at Fox, folks. Something very strange. Did you see this guy last night? I did want to watch. You always have to watch the competition, if you call it that. And he was knocking the hell out of Fox, and Fox has put him in. Somebody's going to have to explain the whole Fox deal to me. Me too. Me too, Mr. President. That's exactly what I was talking about yesterday. Somebody's going to have to explain the thinking there. I had a caller yesterday, a very wonderful, nice woman, who said, this is a great idea. we got to hear what they're saying. We already hear them in every forum that there is. We don't need to add them uh, to the massive audience of Fox viewers, um, particularly considering they're going to go on there and, as the president put it, knock the hell out of the Fox uh, conservative commentators. And he did. Buttigieg, of course, went after uh, Tucker Carlson, particularly, as well as uh, Laura Ingram, uh, trying to paint them as you know as as being wrong and as being evil and as being you know bigoted, you know, with some of the some of the things that they said or that uh, he p- kind of took out of context that they have said. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. This is already an uphill enough fight, and it's only going to get harder uh, if we don't. I don't want to say unify because that's not what journalism is, and that's not what um, you know we want conservative media to be we don't want to fall into the same pitfalls and the same trap as mainstream media and all be echoing one another i don't want to do that but i just want a little bit of you know the old you know what's the old adage you know about being fair and balanced uh the fairness and balance comes from uh conservative leaning talk show hosts and news outlets like fox news um giving conservatives a voice that they are denied on all of the other channels and that is the problem now uh, let's talk about what kind of an impact this sort of thing has on American mindsets. Would you agree, my friends, that we have done a fairly decent job in conservative media, meaning right-wing radio, if you want to call it that, um, conservative commentary on platforms like townhall.com, Twitchy.com, hotair.com. These are all Salem properties. And once I'm listening, there are others, of course, like in our own National Review Online, The Federalist, and some other places that are very, very important. Would you agree that we have done a fairly decent job of exposing socialism for what it is? Would you agree that most of us have expressed in, in, in pretty good terms um, the dangers of socialism and how it is that socialism, as a famous man once said, uh, always works at the beginning? It's great. Everybody loves it. 
until you run out of other people's money. Because everybody loves socialism when they're saying, hey, if you're poor or middle class, we're going to take it from those who have and give it to those who have not. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Now everybody's got a little bit of money. And then everybody starts spending a little money. It's, hey, look at that. We're greasing the economy. Everything's working great. Except that now we've spent all our money and we need more. Where are we going to get it? Because those wealthy people that we took it from the first time to redistribute it to uh, the less well-off, they've left. They're gone. They went to another country. They're opening up their plants there. They're going to earn their money in another place where it's not going to be stolen from them the moment that they get it. Or they are just not going to run their businesses at all anymore. If the government is going to go ahead and decide who gets how much money, then what's the purpose of running, growing, expanding your operation? Why stay in business at all if you're not going to be allowed to keep your profits? So everybody stops working. Suddenly there's no money to confiscate and redistribute to the rest of the population. Socialism is, we, we've done a fairly decent job of explaining that in much more depth than this little mini uh, capsulization of it that I just gave you. And if you feel like we have done a good job, then how do we explain the latest polling numbers from Gallup? 40% of Americans, according to a Gallup poll literally released yesterday, 40%, 4 in 10, have expressed some sort of fondness for socialism. They've embraced some form of socialism, 40% of Americans. As, for example, socialist Venezuela literally disintegrates before our very eyes. As people are in the dark without power, as people starve, as people scavenge and scrounge the streets, dumpsters and other places looking for food scraps. The people are just absolutely devastated by the socialist policies in Venezuela. As we watch that, people here in the United States, and maybe they're not watching that, maybe that's a problem. Or maybe they're listening to Kelly Bundio Cortez saying that, well, that's only a problem there because it's American intervention. Americans are responsible for the uh, problems in Venezuela, not the socialist model that they use. 43%. Here's a story from Gallup. Americans today are more closely divided than they were earlier in the last century when asked whether some form of socialism would be good or bad for the United States. While 51% of adults say socialism would be a bad thing for the country, 43%, more than 4 in 10, say it would be a good thing. Compare and contrast that with a 1942 survey. Going back now, 1942. In the middle of the of World War II, 40% described socialism as a bad thing, 25% a good thing, 34% not having an opinion. Think, look at that. Look at those results. 51% now say it would be a bad thing. 43% would approve it. Back in the World War II, only 25% would approve it. Are, there are more people today looking at socialism with fondness and suggesting this would be good for the economy. Now, if you want to break this down a little bit further, and of course, why would we not? Let's have a look-see at the Democratic Party. According to the same survey, 70% of Democrats say socialism would be good for America. 
70% of the party of death would like to bring socialism to this country. Do you recall in this program, I hope you do, because that means you're listening on a daily basis. It was about, a no, not a week. I want to be fair here. It was probably two to three weeks ago when I just had a Bernie Sanders town, maybe it was after his town hall or one of his speeches or interviews or whatever, and I just laid it out. No matter what you think about Donald Trump, no matter what you think about his personality, no matter what you think about his hair or his skin tone, his orangeness, no matter what you think about his tweeting, no matter what you think about his name-calling, Alfred E. Newman, I just played that clip for you, no matter what you think about him, you have to understand one thing going into this 2020 election cycle. Donald Trump represents capitalism. The Democratic nominee, whomever he or she may be, represents socialism. You are going to be deciding in this upcoming election cycle between capitalism and free market econ- a free market economy and socialism massive government run amok seizing the assets and the wealth of those corporations and individuals who are doing great things in this country in order to then control the means of distribution to the rest of the people This is capitalism versus socialism, period. Back in the 2016 cycle, on this program, I told you that as much as anything else, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton was going to be border security versus open borders Western Hemisphere. President Donald Trump said very clearly, or then-candidate Donald Trump said very clearly, He wanted a border wall, and he wanted to secure the southern border of the United States of America. That's what that's largely was the was was the the platform that got him the most traction. He started it on day one in June of 2015. Hillary Clinton literally said she believed in an open borders Western Hemisphere. The American people decided between security and sovereignty and open borders, one world nation. A one-world nation, meaning this nation was was open to all citizens of all parts of the world to come and go as they please. The American people chose border security and sovereignty. Now, we're not getting the border security we wanted because not enough people in the Republican-led House and Senate for the first two years of the Trump presidency supported him in that effort, and the Democrats obstructed every single step of the way, but we voted for it. It was security versus and sovereignty versus open borders. This time around, whomever the president's opponent will be, it's not necessary. I'm going to make it, you know, not that there is really any, you know, one issue um, uh, that that is going to decide an election, you know, whether it be health care or whether it be border security. It's not really an issue in this case, but it's just one general idea. It is an economic and societal model, a governmental model. It's either capitalism or it's socialism. Make no mistake, even if it isn't Bernie Sanders who's the nominee, who is an avowed democratic socialist, with the support of liberals like and socialists like Alexandria Kelly Bundio Cortez, understand that all of them have expressed a support in some way for the socialist ideals represented by those individuals. Bernie and AOC have both said 
we love the Green New Deal. Guess what the rest of the cesspool of candidates in the Democrat Party have expressed a support for? The Green New Deal. Now, when Mitch McConnell put their feet to the fire and held a vote on it in the United States Senate, they backed off. But the bottom line is the honest truth is they all have expressed support for the Green New Deal. Socialism on steroids. And now, 70% of Democrats surveyed by Gallup in a wide-ranging poll say socialism would be a good thing for America. Do you understand how critical it is to generate all of the support that you can for Donald Trump? To re- bring your friends, bring your coworkers, people who have been on the fence, maybe they've been apolitical, not siding with one side or the other, they just don't care, or they're just not going to vote because they don't like anybody, whatever the case might be, you've got to bring these people on board. Trump versus the Democrat nominee, whomever he or she may be, is capitalism versus socialism. Literally, our very republic, as it was created, as it was built, and as it has been defended for low these many years, it is all in jeopardy. It is all in jeopardy. Democrats are trying to bring socialism to the United States. They're saying so in Gallup surveys. Their candidates are saying so in interviews and in town hall forums. It is that serious of a situation this isn't hyperbole this isn't dramatic right-wing radio trying to fear-monger the american people no this is real they're trying to take our democracy they're trying to take our representative republic from us we can't let that happen 923 the bob france authority back after this all right, 928 now, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Sorry about any glitching you may have heard there during the uh, commercials. Uh, I want to go right to the phones, though. Let's talk to Navy man Norm in Strongsville. Hey, Norm, how are you? Good, sir. Well, until I listened to your uh, <laughs> opening, I was fine, but not really. I read a quote last night, Bob, by Abraham Lincoln. And the reason I say I'm not so fine is his quote was, Today's generation is tomorrow's government. So think about that for a minute. Today's generation is tomorrow's government. And with the generation that we have now, we're in trouble. We are in big trouble. These people have no clue, Bob, as to what socialism is about. And all of our, you know, all of our well intentions, you know, (laughs) we're the last remnant. And if we don't, if we don't support President Trump, we deserve what's going to happen afterwards. And all these morons that actually I listened to, uh, I didn't watch it because I refused to watch any town hall with a Democrat, but I heard the comments that that Buttigieg or whatever his name is made. Yeah, Buttigieg. Yeah. A woman's, yeah, a woman. It's a woman's right, uh, whatever, you know, it's her prerogative and that. And these people are cheering. So these people are cheering for infanticide. And, you know, they, they don't have a clue. You know, somebody should come to their house, knock on their door and say, give me your three-year-old girl. What do you mean? Give me your three-year-old girl. You don't deserve it, and take it away. And just give him an example. When my son went in the Navy, and he went to a naval flight school, after he graduated, he had to go through three weeks of survival and escape training. And Bob, he told me he never really appreciated what the word POW meant. He said, because what they do is they turn these kids loose out in Coronado, California, and they have Navy SEALs and Army Rangers praying, uh, playing the role of the shall we say, the aggressor. Mm. And the aggressor is going to seek and find you. So they turn all these pilots loose, and they see how long that they can stay out in the wild, out in the woods and whatever, and survive. My son lasted about a day. Anyway, they put him in stockades. 
just like you would see in Vietnam. Yeah. They, they can do everything except draw blood. They can hit them with wet towels. They can starve them. They can treat them like dirt. And he said, after about this, about this fifth or sixth day, he started thinking, what if this is real? And he actually had, you know, he had the experience, and he says it was something that he never, ever forgot. That three weeks toughened him, and it gave him a taste of what it could be like if he was actually captured as a POW. And until Norm, people, I got I got to jump in here because I'm up against my news, but I'm but I, so, I think I understand where you're going with this. He didn't understand what it really meant until he experienced it, even in a small dose like that, and then questioned the difference between reality and 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 what he was experiencing. And these young socialists don't understand how bad it could be in this country until they experience it. So if I may follow up on your point, and I thank you for the call. i got to go to news now. How about we send anybody who said, yes, socialism would be good in America, send them for three weeks to Venezuela and tell them, good luck. Live on your own there and tell us how it works out. Maybe then you'll understand what we're saying. Norm, thanks for the call back. Nine thirty-five. Onward we roll. On AM 1420, the answer. 70%, 70% of Democrats in this country support socialism. They support socialism. 70%. If you out, if you let them out, vote us. If you let them out, turn out us, if you will, in 2020, it's coming. And it doesn't have to be Bernie Sanders. It could be Pete Buttigieg. Socialism. It could be Kamala Harris. Socialism. Corey Spartacus. Socialism. Because they all agree with it. They've all supported the Green New Deal or massive elements of it, which is socialism on steroids. Seventy percent of the voters say, yep, that's what we, seventy percent of Democrats rather, say, yep, that's what we like. That's what we want. Gallup's, uh, right up in the survey, did note it showed 70% of Democrats supporting some form of socialism, included in their full results. Establishment Democrats, meanwhile, attempted to distance their party from socialism ahead of the 2020 election, but they don't have enough of them. There just aren't enough of them. Let me give you some of the other specifics in that survey. Among Republicans, 84% of respondents said that embracing some sort of socialism would be bad for the United States. You think? And why only 84? What are the other 16% of Republicans thinking? That's another reason we conservatives have to work our tails off between now and then to not only, you know, get undecided voters out there, get people who understand the dangers of socialism out there, but we actually have to try to flip some of our Republican friends and say, hey, don't, what, what are you doing? What do you mean some form of socialism would be good for the United States? Stop it. A plurality of independents, 48% of independents said also socialism would be bad. So this is primarily the liberal Democrat side, but there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Alexandria Kelly Bundio-Cortez and Rashida Tlaib of Michigan are members, actual, identifiable members of the Democratic Socialists of America along with, of course, Bernie Sanders. The survey was conducted April 17th to the 30th, and it marked even more enthusiastic support for socialism among Democrats than in their 2018 survey on the same subject. So in a year's time, they have become more 
and more devoted toward socialism or Venezuelan-style government. And this is, <laughs> this is what we have to decide in 2020. Uh, it, it just... If you hate Trump or don't like some of Trump's personality quirks or the fact that he's, you know, uh, the, the New York playboy and he's got fidelity issues in his past and all these, stop thinking about the individual. I don't care about Mayor Pete's sexual orientation. I don't care about Joe Biden's grabbiness. I don't care about uh, Elizabeth Warren's lying about her heritage or Cory Booker and Kamala Harris's gun grabs. Forget about all of their own individual merits and problems. Forget about all of Donald Trump's merits. Just understand, when you go to the polls, it's, it's capitalism versus socialism. There is no getting around that anymore. Andy in Twinsburg, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Andy, go right ahead. Hey, Bob, two quick comments. Yeah. Um, the first was, I just wanted to thank you for highlighting these polls. I talk to people all the time, and they think I'm a lunatic for suggesting that we're close to socialism. So it's it's pretty scary, and I think it's a lot closer than a lot of people realize. I agree, and, and I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you something else. The last caller uh, I had on uh, Navy Man Norm said, you know, the, you're talking about how today's generation is our future government or future leaders or whatever. It's This isn't just among young millennials or Gen Z. This survey cut across all ages and demographics. So uh, 70% of Democrats includes current current leadership not just this isn't something that's a generation away this isn't something when you know today's generation z teenagers uh become uh leaders in in 2040 or 2050 or whatever this right now this is all ages this is current uh leadership age democrats 70 percent of them supporting uh the idea of socialism in this country so your friends who call you a lunatic are just simply in denial honestly yeah and, and the second comment was on Fox News and their motto. It was, you know, it's fair and balanced. And I, I think the disagreement comes in whether or not you see that as applying to people who watch that network on an island or people who think that network should operate within the entire spectrum of all media. And I think if it's a forum, you need to have everyone on and you should have all opinions um, highlighted and exposed as silly as they are with some of this, um, these left-wing radical ideas, but if you see it as, you know, they're operating, um, you know, in the entire realm of media itself, then you, they should only have right-wingers on. And honestly, as It's not just media, about only having right-wingers on, Andy, and I want to clarify what I'm talking about here. I'm not saying you can't have these liberal Democrats on, but what I don't want them to do is to give them unfettered f- access to the people in an hour-long of free advertisement where they're not challenged. Chris Wallace didn't challenge Pete Buttigieg. If you're going to bring them on, here's, here's what I'm saying, Andy, and thanks for the call, my friend. You make some very good points, by the way. Here's what I'm saying. You want to bring a Pete Buttigieg on and give him an hour in front of the Fox audience? You want to bring Bernie Sanders on and give him an hour uninterrupted, uh, to, uh in, in, you know, to, uh, to express himself and introduce himself and, uh, state his policy positions and so on and so forth, uh, to, you know, for Bernie Sanders or for any of the rest of them? Put Tucker Carlson in the host chair. Put Laura Ingram in the host chair. Grill these people. Make them answer for some of the nonsense that MSNBC rubber stamps. 
CNN rubber stamps. They have the rubber stamp seal of approval of all of their nonsense, including open borders, including impeachment, and I still think Trump did it, uh, including uh, 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 the Obama economy compared to the Trump economy trying to take credit. Call them. MSNBC isn't going to call them out on any of that. They're going to nod approvingly. Yep, exactly right. To each and every one of the members of the cesspool. Every single one of those candidates, yep, exactly right. The Washington Post is going to green you up, exactly right. If I wanted to hear Pete Buttigieg you know, do a favorable hour-long interview, I would watch CNN. I don't watch CNN because I don't want to see that. I don't watch MSNBC because I don't want to see that. I'll read enough of the coverage of it in the Washington Post, the LA Times, the New York Times, blah, 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 and all the way down the line. They have enough favorable media. If you want, if Fox News wants to bring them on and grill them, and I don't mean treat them unfairly, I mean ask the tough questions about how it is, Mayor Pete. Could you, Mayor Pete? Here's what I would have said when he, when Mayor Pete talked about um, uh, the uh, abortion. Oh, you know, that's not really a, a man's place to decide. I think the last thing that a woman needs in that very difficult time in her life and the decision she's making is to, you know, hear from a male politician about what she should do with her body. <laughs> you don't let that go and then let the people applaud and say, okay, what's next? That's what Chris Wallace did. That's an advertisement. You say, hold on a second, Mayor Pete. And yes, I'm telling Chris Wallace how to do an interview. Okay? Criticize me if you want. I'm on local radio in Cleveland, Ohio. He's on Fox News. I don't care. He's wrong. I'm right. You say, Mayor Pete, Governor Northam in Virginia stated that if a child is born, born, literally delivered alive, that it would be okay for the mother and the doctor to have a decision as to whether or not the baby on the table next to her should be allowed to live or die. Could you, Pete, look down at that baby and say, I'm okay with letting that baby die if mom says that's what she wants? I want Pete to answer that. He's not going to get asked that question on MSNBC or CNN or the regular networks. You know, the uh, the actual television networks, broadcast networks, not cable networks. He's not going to be asked that. I would hope he would be asked that if he's coming on Fox. But they won't. I would ask him about every, and not just him, he's the most recent. I'm not focused on Mayor Pete the way a lot of people are. I think Pete Buttigieg is an absolutely um, horrific progressive candidate whose first priorities are his own priorities, not the nation's, but his own. As an identifiable uh, uh, homosexual, he makes that the the focus of his his talking points he criticizes opponents and people like Mike Pence because of their Christianity because aha it's um, uh, you know his uh, Christianity judges me for my homosexuality he's using that to score wi- uh, victim points Mayor Pete to me is in over his head but he just happens to be the most recent if Fox is going to continue giving all of these liberal Democrats one hour town halls they doggone well better be better be questioned with follow up questions especially when they dodge questions because it is simply journalistic malpractice to let Fox become for an hour a night uh, become CNN and MSNBC talk about fair and balanced where's the balance where do where do we go then to get uh, you know the 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 conservative uh, side of the news if we're over oh, gonna get the liberal side of it from all channels including Fox Jay and Elyria you're next on AM 1420 the answer hi Jay go ahead good morning Bob 
Good morning, Listen, I, I came into your show this morning a little later than normal. I only heard you reciting the statistics, and I was driving out to have breakfast, and it occurred to me, based on what you said, that part of the reason underlying this, and first of all, I agree with Buttigieg. He's, he's a talking head, and he's a narcissistic talking head, um, driven by a gay agenda from the gay mafia. No question. However, what you were talking about, the statistics, it occurred to me while driving that what this is the what it represents the difference between twenty five and I think you said forty six or forty seven percent growth uh, from what it was in World War II to what it presently is represented as being <clears throat> has a lot to do with the National Education Association and its promotion of all of the ideals that have led to in two thousand seventeen eighteen and nineteen the belief in not only identity politics, um, and all of a sudden now that I'm on the phone with you, the word is escaping, um, entitlement. It's got an entitlement mentality. And this is for the rank-and-file Democrats that are out there, registered and vote Democrat and support these people and their ideals. On the other side of the rank-and-file is the Democrat leadership that's federally ensconced in government. They know that as long as they promote this socialist agenda – and have it look like Bernie in, in, in what he's phrasing it as being and not speaking out against any of it, the leadership will never live with the consequences of the socialism. They, just like in Soviet Russia, and just like in Ukraine, and just like in all the other countries, Venezuela, that this has been uh, accompanied by in government, they will reap the benefits of the socialist agenda, while the rank and file will end up exactly the same over time as the residents in Venezuela. Well, they won't, they the won't reap the benefits. The association is exactly at the core of what is happening right now. This is the manifestation of the agenda that began back in the early 1960s. This is what it produced, and this is what they have always been after. It's the socialist agenda, but it's, it looks like it's coming from the ground up. But what they don't understand is they have been manipulated from elementary school through middle school through high school and now into college. And they're now absolutely convinced of the merits of socialism. Two things in response. One, regarding the NEA and the educational system in this country are 100% correct. Absolutely 100% correct. This is exactly, this has been building for a very long time. This is exactly right. The only thing I would, uh, disagree with is when you say that the leadership would, uh, would, would reap the benefits of socialism. There are no benefits of socialism. What they do is well, like what Maduro does, for example, in Venezuela. <clears throat> he exempts himself from, from socialism. They that would be don't. The well, well, okay. Essentially, they're saying, you know, we, we're we're not we're not participating. You know, with socialism is what we are going to impose upon you, but we ourselves are not going to be giving up our goods and putting putting them in the right. state coffers for dis- distribution. Right. We, you know, so in other words, my point is, they're not benefits. They're just saying we don't participate in it because we know it, it's well, not good for us. So we're just gonna we're just gonna go ahead and rob you essentially. Right, so, exactly. and that is exactly what the educate educators and the education association. I mean, people don't realize that. People think that the NEA, they see the pictures of the literature and the propaganda from the NEA of the teachers all standing there smiling in their classrooms, you know, and they're, you know, holding an apple and we're here to do the good of educating kids. And, and I'm sure there are, there sure there are a lot of teachers who are, of course, absolutely dedicated to just educating children, but the organization, the unionization, the NEA, their, their goal, their model that you're talking about has absolutely been steering toward this for a very long time. And they have won. They have won the kids. They've won the kids because we can't push back against them. 
Well, I'm a student at LCC. Yeah. And two semesters ago, I had an instructor in college composition one. Within five minutes of day one, I'm a 68-year-old student, which, by the way, I just won a National Press Club Award that's going wow. to be given on June 7th. Very cool. In class of the first day of that instructor, I knew what sexual persuasion she was. I knew that she smoked dope, and it was clear that the F-bomb would become an everyday part of class and her vocabulary. Never once did she require students to call her professor. It was always her first name. And for the entire semester, we studied nothing but women's studies and women's issues and the propaganda of of the male-dominated patriarchy. The patriarchy, yep, yep. All of it, all of it, all of it. Toxic masculinity. All of it, all of it. And she promoted it and promoted it. And the students that I shared the classroom with were all in their early 20s. I was the only uh, second other male in the class. The other one was still in that same age category. And the entire semester was filled with exactly the result of a National Education Association agenda at the college level. Yep. Well, and all of them had already been indoctrinated at the high school, middle school, and elementary level. This is is the cherry on top of the Sunday when they go to these college courses. And every time I expressed my opinion and my disagreement with something that was going on in class, it dawned on me, my grade's at risk here. Bingo! And I, that is exactly uh, what we've talked about. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting. Jay, I've got a jet. Thanks for the call. Um, great points all the way around. This is what we talk about when we talk about the indoctrination centers. These kids know that the teachers are in control of their future. The professor has the grade book. He has got the grade uh, uh, um, software on his computer. He control if you don't if you question what they're teaching, if you push back against the message that they're sending, they're going to destroy you with your grades. And so you have to either be quiet or regurgitate right back to them what they want to hear because they control the story. Great call, my friend. I appreciate it. We're back after this. All right, so going back to the Fox News discussion and their re- their decision to essentially uh, give un give unfettered uh, access to millions and millions and millions of viewers to liberal Democrat candidates for president who are trying to unseat and to destroy Donald Trump. Uh, this is their goal. This is well, let me rephrase. This is this is why they're doing it. This is their motivation. Headlines. Six, 18 hours ago, Pete Buttigieg's Fox News Town Hall thumps MSNBC CNN with 1.1 million viewers. Headline, Buttigieg's Sunday Fox News Town Hall ratings double CNN's Town Hall. Headline, Buttigieg's Sunday Fox News Town Hall ratings, du- oh, that's a different one. I'm sorry, it's the same one written twice. My apologies. I thought it was a new headline. Uh, CNN, or excuse me, FNC's Fox News Channel's Pete Buttigieg Town Hall beats competition, generates headlines. I mean, and on and on we go. In other words, the reason why Fox is willing to give all of this unfettered access uh, to the people, this free advertising, an hour of free advertising that they should have to pay a ton of money in 60-second spots or 30-second spots for is because they're getting great ratings with it. In other words, Fox News is no different than anyone else. They can be, they can be bought, sold to the highest bidder. Hey, so what if we gave Pete Buttigieg a ton of uh, free press? 
positive press, by the way, because Chris Wallace wasn't going to challenge him. Chris Wallace is barely uh, this side of CNN anyway. We made we got ratings out of it. That's worth it. They're selling out. They think it's good business. Hey, we thumped MSNBC and CNN for that night. We'll do it again with another. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. They got a lot of these candidates. We'll give Cory Booker one too. Uh, well, look, look what we're doing to the competition. But I got bad news for them. Bad news, Fox News. When you alienate your core viewership by giving these these free advertisements to these liberal Democrats who want to destroy our president and our country, quite frankly, our republic, when you do that, when you alienate us all to draw in the, the, the liberal viewers to have them flip over from CNN and MSNBC to you for five minutes, it's, it's going to end up being very, very bad for you. It's a bad business model. It's a bad business practice. Sure, you might draw in great viewership from the left for a night or for a few nights when you do this. But when the rest of us leave and don't come back, you're going to regret it. And I want Fox News to get that message. Eric in Monroeville, very quickly, sorry about the uh, delay there, Eric. I've only got a minute. Go ahead. Yeah, hey, uh, 68-year-old scholar with the uh, F-bomb dropping uh, lesbian instructor. Uh, my wife is the only um, conservative teacher in her school, and while they're not actually represented by the NEA, they are represented by uh, an EA. And, yeah, the, o- um, the OEA, know, probably, right? The Ohio at the, uh, uh, Educa- Educator Association. Right. So, I mean, you know, but it's, uh, you know, say two sides of the same coin. Um, yeah, I mean, she's she's heard stuff like churchgoer used as a as a as a pejorative. pejorative. She's, yep. Yeah. And, you know, she had to tell, by the way, by the women's studies teacher at her school. And, you know, my wife had to say, you know, hey, we're friends. I go to church twice a week. And this this woman was stunned. She was stunned. Uh, she was speechless and probably embarrassed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she, she's had teachers say to her that, you know, anyone who votes for Trump can't be my friend because they're hurting me. Um, wow. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear these stories. I hear these stories. She's awesome. She's way above all this stuff. And, she, and she's a great example for all of us conservatives. You give but, her a big um, hug. You you give her a big hug from all of us because you're right, and she is yeah, awesome, and she and she I needs our support. And uh, and for the fact that she's fighting a a lonely battle against everybody else in the in that school, uh, that's not easy. So you give her all the support that she needs. Thank you, my friend, for the phone call. News time now. Cursing out next, right here on AM fourteen twenty. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.